This is this is fine. 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 This is a poor substitute for therapy, but an excellent substitute for other podcasts. We're not like other podcasts. Join us as we find the answers to the universe's biggest questions like, is butter a carb? Does crying burn calories? And what the fuck am I doing with my life? We're here to be your part-time therapist, astrologer, concierge doctor, and fairy godmother. Do you need someone to validate you today? Cool, cool, cool. Come on in. We're fine. This is fine. Welcome back to this week's episode of This is Fine. I hope your summer is as hot girl as it can be. And of course, I hope you're fine. If you haven't been to therapy recently, we have a lot in common. But also, even if you have been to therapy recently, you're going to really jive with today's episode because surprise, I brought in a therapist. You are welcome. Today, we have an absolute genius with us, one of the most brilliant people I've worked with in my entire career, and someone I immediately connected to, Dr. Kevin Gilliland, a clinical psychologist and director of Innovation 360 in Dallas, Texas. Dr. Gilliland is also the host of another incredible podcast called Struggle Well, Live Well, Worry Less. I highly recommend you go check that out after this episode. Dr. G has been an exceptional inspiration to me as a healthcare professional and as an individual. His honesty and vulnerability always leaves me awestruck, and he has such a wonderful way with words and the best feel-good advice. I feel like I'm about to share a very special gift with you right now because you'll now get about an hour of hearing his exceptional words of wisdom. Just absorb all of his good energy. Today's episode is brought to you by Picnic Health. If you're someone who regularly sees the inside of a doctor's office and you need a little help keeping all your records straight, or you aspire to be the kind of person who gets an annual physical, has a dermatologist, and is on top of all their medical shit, Picnic Health is your ultimate resource for your entire health history. Picnic Health allows you to take ownership over your health and to easily access every single record, lab result, scan, and more, down to the doctor's notes. Trust me, I've seen mine. Navigating healthcare can be scary and intimidating, but Picnic Health makes it so much easier. You also have the option to anonymously and securely contribute to health research that's working toward finding cures for over a dozen diseases, which also makes your membership totally free, $0 a month free. To learn more about owning your health, visit PicnicHealth.com, P-I-C-N-I-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Dr. G, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so grateful you're our very first recording of the This Is Fine podcast. How do you feel? Honored, (laughs) special, and a little bit of pressure. Okay. But, um... So there you go. Wow. Uh, it's a mix of things. You know, I'm not just trying yeah. to mirror you right now, but I feel the exact same way. <laughs> I'm just so looking forward to it. I have loved all of our conversations over the years. And I'm like, golly, I wish people could just listen in right. to what life is like for us. Yeah, literally since the first time I ever talked to you, I think it was a Huffington Post article like several years ago. I want to say like over four years ago. I was working on something probably for HuffPo. And I just remember talking to you on the phone and being like, this is someone I need to keep talking to for forever. (laughs) Uh, Well, look, the feeling is mutual. Well, thank you. Um, You just have one of these really fascinating... You're as fascinated by humans as I am. Yeah, it's the curiosity, uh, both, right? I'm telling you, both from a, hey, how can I help them? And yeah. how in the hell do I help me? Right. <laughs> um, but also, I'm a mess. <laughs> oh, yeah. And also, me. Yeah. it's And so that's what I've loved is all of those conversations and following you on Instagram. and Oh, ditto. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Our love for dogs oh, and nature. <laughs> oh, in the beach. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's all those... 
That's all good medicine for me. And we, we talk about that all the time is life is full of good medicine. Yeah. Just get out there and get into it. And sometimes that's the hardest part, yeah. which I find wildly irritating. As someone who paid a lot of money, <laughs> a slow learner, and, and went to school for a really freaking long so time. Long. And you're going, I mean, I, yeah, I didn't go to school so that I could help myself. Um, I I went just because, well, I had nothing else to do, <laughs> but I was fascinated by humans. And you just go, it's so disappointing to have all that knowledge and to find yourself struggling with the exact same thing you talk about right. every day with people. Yeah, it it's, is a crazy sensation, right? You're like, I'm supposed to know oh, this. I'm supposed to be the expert in this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And and so now it's it's humbling. It's encouraging. It's wildly entertaining. I literally, Dominic, I'm not kidding you. Last week, I was just on the struggle bus. Like, oh that's how I started my day. And I'm like, Every day. mother butler. <laughs> it's just a hard day, hard day, hard day. I go in to have a session with a client and, and I, I was having a hard time on one specific subject. I go in to see a patient. You just can't make this up. And I'm like, are you effing kidding me? Like the whole <laughs> session was about this very issue in their life. And I'm like, oh in my, my head, I just felt like there needed to be this flashing light under what I was saying. This like hypocrite, hypocrite, <laughs> hypocrite. Because I'm like, because I'm sitting here talking to them like, hey, here's what you got to do. And I'm like, hypocrite, hypocrite. And I'm like, but I didn't. And, and instead I was like, wow, yeah, this really is this issue in my life but I'm talking to them and it was incredibly helpful for me having that conversation with them. Yeah, it's like mirroring back like, to you. Oh. oh, it's very weird. Does that and happen like, a lot? You? Um, in COVID? Yes. Okay. Usually, um, usually people are coming in and I'm not part of the story, uh, right? They're, they're dealing with an issue at college or they're right. dealing with an issue with their adult kids right. or like in their marriage yeah. or someone's died or they have an illness. Well, this one, we're all part of the story. Yeah. I'm going through COVID. Right. My kids and my wife are going through COVID. I can't go to my gym. Right. I haven't, you know, so you're like, holy cow. It's a unifying experience um, that we all uh, in different ways went is. through and had, you know, different, you know, what do I want to say? Yeah. Like uh, the minutia is different, but the overall experience yes. is unifying. Yeah, but yeah, but 80% of it we can all relate to. Yeah. And you go, okay, if you're not affected by COVID, I guarantee you your mom, your dad, yeah. your Someone close best to you. friend, your friend that has that little coffee shop <laughs> or the guy that you know that has that gym that yep. they always wanted to start. And you're like, ah, you know, so it's, it really is. So that's that's been challenging. Yeah. And I I clearly because we kept seeing patients. I work at an outpatient practice, a big practice, yeah. and Innovation Three Hundred and Sixty here in Dallas. And so we kept seeing patients. We socially distanced. We did all that stuff that's to stay safe and healthy. And um, and I'm not kidding you, Dom. I bet. But I have never in my life, for the whole first year of COVID, I have never had so many people, like 
patients and family members go, how are you doing? Yeah. No one ever cares how I'm doing. <laughs> so it led me it led me to the conclusion of, I just must look like hell. Oh, no. People, I just must look like a dumpster fire. No. People are like, holy shit, how are you? And I, was, I was like. Are you okay? Can I leave people? <laughs> yes. I'm and fine. I'm like, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. Now stop. What? No one ever cares how I'm doing. And so I don't think I looked like a dumpster fire. No. <laughs> um, but. Maybe I kind of did, (laughs) you know, of just going, it affects all of us. Well, like, leave it to me. I'm like jumping in to like reassure you. I'm like, no, no, no. I just would imagine. Yeah. Oh, no, Kevin, you were fine. I'm like, no, I was a dumpster. You're like, no, damn mess. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, like, I I thought about this a lot, actually, like how healthcare workers and mental health care providers were doing, are doing during this time period. And I think it's kind of like a global reflection and reckoning, not all of us think about how our doctors and healthcare providers are doing in general. But then, you know, this stuff hits us and we're like, oh, that's probably really hard for them too. And actually sort of thinking a little bit outside of ourselves, which might have been a little bit of a positive, right? I tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I try to pass it off, you know, and and I, if you're lucky, and I feel lucky that you end up in a field that you enjoy and you're good at. Yeah. It, it it's not as hard. Right. And so I, I feel like, and I've been doing this for a little over, right at 30 years, wow. a little over 30 years. Yeah. So let's just call it 30. Um, these have been the hardest two years professionally that I've ever had because so, wow. of all the challenges personally, uh, business-wise with clients, some of the legal work that I do, it's the level of human suffering and loss yeah. is astronomical. And I imagine you're a bit of an empath, like just being in this oh, field, gosh. Like taking on the emotions and the experiences of other people. Well, and I, I do a little. I've also got that blend of business right. and, and sort of research acumen. And so some of that has been protective. Yeah. But man, COVID blew right through that <laughs> margin. Blew up that and wall. You go, huh? no? uh, oh, that is gone. Yeah. And you're like, holy hell. I mean, I kept saying, people are like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, look, I'm trying to live like I talk. Yeah. And it comes back to, yeah, I have great days and I laugh and I try to get out. But man, oof, you know, knowledge does not equal relief. Yeah. You know, we can know we're going to go. And we all know this, right? Because right. you know, oh, yeah, no, I know I'm going through this. Or I'm going to go do this and it's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it. And yeah. you go, oh, yeah, it, it's freaking hard. Now I got to wait for the, it's going to be worth it. And so, you know, knowing the challenges and doing them are separate things. Oh, I know what I was going to say in full disclosure. Right. So I've always stayed physically active. I know about nutrition. Right. Since it's just you and I, (laughs) I gained more weight in COVID than I have ever. I, I weighed the heaviest I have ever weighed in, your in my life. life. Yeah. And you're not in the only one life. at all. Like that's such a common oh, experience right now. Millions of us. Yes. And I'm like, but that's not what was driving me insane. What drove me insane was, well, one, I'm not kidding you. It was, it's the heaviest I've ever been. Yeah. And I'm like, what in the hell? This is not me. This that's isn't not my, my body. behavior. Yeah. This is not my body. And to make it worse, I was doing zero physically. Yep. Zero. And now, mind you, I've done three Ironman races. Mm -hmm. I've done a marathon. I've been in a gym all my life. 
I wasn't even going to the mailbox. I'm like, <laughs> ah, screw it. I'm like, what is happening? It's so to me? validating that you say that though. And I know we've talked about this, you know, personally, but you know, for the sake of, you know, this podcast conversation, the same thing happened to me. And you know my background, like I'm a certified yeah. coach and I've been writing about fitness for years. And that's my entire career. Like at one point, you know, not in the healthiest of ways, but I was working out like three times a day at my most gnarly <laughs> phase of yeah. life. Uh-huh. And oh yeah. A, a same. I wasn't taking my dog out for walks the poor baby um just didn't have anything in me to just get up and move and that was my favorite thing to do it was my ultimate mental health not coping mechanism i would say but just general health like mental health maintenance what is happening what happened to us (laughs) i know and it's so you know and 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 i just had to look at it like a problem to solve because it was starting to mentally and emotionally really beat me down yeah um, it eats away at and, you. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm like, what is wrong? I, I know this, but I, I don't. And that's where you go, okay, when we've been down, like we've been down on a daily basis for months and months and months, and you come up a little, then you're back down. You go, well, you're going to lose some energy. Yeah. Your things that used to be interesting aren't as interesting. And it's, our, our motivation is down and you're like, okay, so I get it's a reflection of the world we're living in. Yeah. How do I personally get going? And man, it was a nonstop carnival yeah. of me trying to problem solve it. Totally. Like, now, one, one of the things that did help that I did get out of it was stop thinking. Ooh. Just you are way overthinking this. Uh, okay. You know it. Just go do it go and walk. I had to, I mean, I had to set the bar ridiculously low, which then took me a week of (laughs) self-hatred of setting such a low bar, but I'm like, I don't care. At this point, I don't even care that I have self-hatred. I'm trying to move (laughs) these feet. And so I'm like, screw it. I'm going to have a little self-hatred to move. Yes. And, and I valued walking. Walking was what I did to, to light the fires of other things. And so that's what I would encourage people with is if you had a mindset about this is physical activity right. and you haven't been able to do it or a mindset of healthy eating or connecting with other people, you may have to set a ridiculous bar. Yeah. All you're looking to do is get movement. Right. And so Just start. I was like, you know what? Yeah. You know what? I don't stand there every night with toothpaste and a brush going, is it worth it? I just do <laughs> just it. Brush I just yeah. jump into it. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm going to do the same with walking. I'm not going to wonder. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And that slowly got going, but I'm not kidding you. It took me probably nine or 10 months to lose the weight that I had gained. Wow. And yeah. it's so much harder to because, lose it than it is to gain it. <laughs> oh my gosh. And not as fun either. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, for me, it was like, okay. It, and it, and I think it also, and you and I talk about this a lot, just be fair. Yeah. Be fair that what you're trying to course correct is challenging, number one, in the best of times. These are not the best of times. Yeah. They so are insane <laughs> on political. Yep. It was the worst of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> uh, yeah, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, man, we just got to start being fair. Yeah. And and then we're, we're going to get some momentum to get going. And, and I think just being candid about it yeah. and people talking about it in a much better way. 
I had a client that I was seeing, this is probably a year ago. He was probably in his mid to late thirties, young family, ran a company. I've been seeing him for a couple of months. And he says to me, he goes, gosh, he goes, man, you know, I was talking with my wife about stuff and having all these responsibilities. And he goes, and, and then I look at you. And I go, man, you know, Kevin's a busy guy, but he's doing this and he's doing mm-hmm. this and he's enjoying life. And I just kind of smile. I was like, God, man, that's such a wonderful story. I can't tell you how bad I wish it was true. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what else did you make up about? Right. That, like I have full head of hair. <laughs> that Because I, I mean, like you're making, you're just making shit up, yeah. dude. I don't know what to tell While you. While you're writing the script of the movie of my life, like what else can we add yeah. into this? <laughs> Yeah, you got to add in a lot more bumps and bruises and dumpster fire. (laughs) Yes, overall, I'm keeping it, you know, from burning the building down. But man, are you kidding me with with the description you just laid out? It's so funny, though, like from his perspective, so many of us, including ourselves, do that to other people. But we think Uh, that we're the mess. I mean, all of us are the mess if we think about it. But we look at people who we admire, people who we respect, and we're like, oh, they must have it all together. And I know that most people have come to terms with, like, no one has it all together, but we still do it in practice. Like, we look at our doctors, our psychologists, our mentors, our hairstylists. We're just like, how do you have your life so together? And I don't. But someone might be thinking that about you. Oh, I'm telling you, I, I really have. I have completely shifted to where I'm like, the people that I admire, I'm like, okay, I love that you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. What does it cost you? What's the price yeah. you've had to pay? Oh, wow. For success. At what cost? And, and by success, yeah, by success, I mean, you graduated high school or you're married to someone you love or you've started a family or you finished college or you have a job you love. Or you're living someplace you love and you don't care what you do for a living. What if you've been successful and, and we 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 do not help ourselves by going, oh, I'm not on the cover of Fortune magazine <laughs> right. or I don't have my own. you go, look, I'm telling you, that's overrated. Right. And, and you go, if you're successful, you're struggling. You've had to pay a price. You you missed out on some things that other people got to do because you wanted to get good at or you wanted to achieve this. And it's I think if you start listening to really wonderful people, they talk about it really well. Yeah. I mean, they enjoy what they're doing and they get to do, but man, they have their days or their nights that are just like you and me. Mm-hmm. We all have those. That's such a good perspective that every successful thing that you see in someone else or that you see in yourself has some kind of cost and not necessarily a monetary cost, but a time cost, a sanity cost. Like there's a cost to every good thing that we achieve. Oh, every great achievement requires a sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, it. Period. Again, whether it's school or you want to learn how to be a phenomenal tattoo artist or you want to start a family or you want to get married you go okay awesome and and you're doing it well you're you're gonna miss out on yeah no I'm not going to do that or oh I'd love to do that but I'm not because I'm having to miss or I'm having to go and do these things because I want to right I, I want to achieve this or be able to do this and you go well that's okay it should be worth it. Yeah. Right. You shouldn't always be paying or sacrificing. Right, right, right. Man. And if you find what you love, 
man, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care the time it takes right. or the inconvenience because it's worth it. Yeah, that's when you know you're really in the flow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it does. And then COVID hits and you're like, oh. Right. Well, okay, like on this note of like achieving success and having to make sacrifices, it kind of brings it back full circle to both of us trying to get, quote unquote, back on the wagon when we were both, you know, full fledged. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say couch potatoes because that's such a dated phrase, but I cannot think of anything else besides feeling like a potato and living on the couch. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Also known as. As a couch couch potato. potato. Yeah, my entire world was the couch. And yeah, I still kind of feel like a potato. But both of us, what I think is funny right now is you listen to a lot of like motivational speeches, psychologists, podcasts, and they're like, raise the bar, raise the bar. And what we're saying right now, what you're saying really Mm. is actually put that bar right back on the floor. (laughs) Get it. Start at the lowest imaginable and get moving. Because here's the thing is... You can raise the bar if you have some movement. Right, if you're already But in if motion. you don't have <laughs> Yeah, if you've got a little bit of movement, yeah, raise the bar. But if you're stuck on the couch, yeah. you just need movement. Yeah, anything. And that is a low bar. Right. I'll never forget I had this physical therapist that is just she's a godsend. Um and so I had just finished an Ironman and Amazing. I had hurt my shoulder. Yeah, thank you. And I had hurt my shoulder. I had to have surgery on it. And so she was, you know, working on it. And she, and, uh, she said, have you, you know, you can start doing a little bit more physically. And, and she could tell I was down. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was like, yeah, I know, but no, I haven't. She goes, well, you know, you can ride a recumbent bike. And I looked at her <laughs> with... And I was, I mean, I, I I need to follow up and go, hey, what was that? Because I feel like it was just with disgust, <laughs> anger. Are you kidding? How dare you? <laughs> so I, yeah, I just rode 112 miles a couple, like a month and a half ago. On an actual you're bike. you're telling me to sit <laughs> on a recumbent bike. Like, How it just, dare you? It made me so <laughs> mad. I just, and at the time I was so down from the injury and I'd gone from, being really physically active, which is for me is good medicine, to not to being injured. And she said that I'm like, I it just that that pisses me off so much. Yeah. I'm sure I was an ass. I need to write her <laughs> as we're talking about it. I'm like, I need John to know, go, hey, by the way, my bad. If you're I'm listening totally today, he's very sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, I'm so sorry. I was a colossal ass. Um but but you just go, it took me literally, Dominic, it took me probably a week and a half to get what she was saying. Wow. Which is, you're not moving. You need to move. Right. This is the way you can move. And it took me a while to go, you know, her on for, you know, and I'm bitching and <laughs> being all Mr. Negative on the way out. And I'm like, gosh, hopefully most of that didn't come out of my head. And and it took a while to go, hey, dude, just move. Yeah. You need to just move. I think that's all she was saying. Yeah. Just start pedaling on a recumbent bike because you know it's going to lead to something else. Yeah. And that's where if you've been out of the office or withdrawn and isolated, I have, I went back and looked at notes for almost 10 years. I have been saying that isolation is the most savage right. of mental health symptoms. Yep. And it is. 
We see it with people with cancer treatment, with cardiovascular disease, with depression, mm -hmm. with chronic pain. It is terrible for humans. Yep. And now you see people not going back to things that are so important oh, for our physical and psychological health they're stuck in it. because they're worried. And I'm like, you have got to move. Right. You have, my dentist literally went and saw my dentist like a couple of weeks ago. And he's like, man, he goes, I can tell you how many mouth guards I've made in oh. the past two years for people grinding their teeth. Yeah. And I was like, really? Yeah. He goes, oh, I'm like, even they see the stress. And he goes, I'm sorry, I'm late. That's this young woman that I've worked with for a while. And she didn't look good. And I'm like, why aren't you, are you back in work? She's like, no. He's like, why aren't you back? This is a dentist. And I'm not taking a shot at dentists, but they don't tend to be psychologically mindful. No. <laughs> and he is saying to her, go back to work. You need to be back in the office. Yeah. This is not good for you. And I'm like, yes, even dentists know. <laughs> Everyone's Four on the same five page. dentists, get your ass in the office. Wow. I mean, you need those interpersonal yeah, vitamins. Totally. And the majority of us get our interpersonal vitamins from the office. And you go, why, why aren't you there? Okay, the convenience, I get that. But you are paying a price. Yeah. Your physical and psychological health is diminishing. Well, damn, I've been working from home for like four years. <laughs> okay, but... That is a very different thing right, okay. because I worked from home 20 years ago, 15 okay. years ago in the pharmaceutical industry, but I knew I was going into that. Yeah, I had a plan for it from day one. I was like, okay, this is challenging, so I need to make sure I do these things. Right. The rest of the world was in an okay place, right? and so I had the mindset going into it, whereas it's like... If you if you run a, a marathon and you know you're running a marathon, you're like, yeah, that's that's what I set out to do. But if we just go for a run and you and you keep telling me, hey, one more mile, I'm like, what the hell? I, I don't. It's a totally different experience. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. Why are we doing this wrong? Why can't we? Two and no more. <laughs> Twenty six. Yeah, that's it. Then we're gonna stop. But you're like, no, it's the expectation piece, yeah. and so. You've got people working from home that are not working from home because that's a job that can work from home right. or you should work from home. It's for other reasons like worry or anxiety right. or Fear. convenience yeah. or, and you go, okay, look, it, it's, you are, you need to be checking your physical and psychological health. And if they are diminishing, one of the first places you got to look is I got to be back in the office. Yeah, totally. I'm just thinking about your interaction so. with the dentist, your interaction with the physical therapist. Oh. And if this was a patient coming to you, recounting these experiences, I feel like you would have a very objective, very logical, you know, thought process on how that patient should respond. Okay. But then when you're in it, it's completely different. Oh. Yeah just might as well be a different language. Right. It's like yeah, yeah. like what you and were it, saying like the no, I feel like people say knowledge is half the battle, but I feel like that's kind of false, right? Like you do know and it's not half the battle. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, I don't know that knowledge is half the battle. I mean, I think knowledge is actually a small piece of it. I mean, behavior change itself involves so many things. Some of it is luck, some of it is yeah. timing, some of it is of a new friend, um, 
Some of it is something we're interested in and like. Yeah. And so there's there's a little piece that's knowledge and sometimes the right knowledge, total difference maker. Okay. Like one of the things for eating that, because I do some work with a couple of really wonderful companies. One of those is Wonder Health, W-O-N-D-R, Wonder Health. Okay. And one of the things they talk about nutrition once a lot, one of their principles about eating and being mindful of how much we're eating and all is mind the gap. Mm-hmm. You know, the old British term, yeah. mind the gap. There's <laughs> totally. a gap between your, your brain and your belly yep. of about 25 minutes. Yep. And so when we eat fast, we eat past. We're jumping right over that the, gap. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're Leaping. Blowing, we're, we're consuming all this and it's going to take about 20 to 25 minutes from when we start eating for satiety, for our yeah. stomach to get to a place of going, hey, you're, you're about full now. Well, if you're eating fast, you're, you've already gone past it. Right. And so that was probably one of those critical pieces of information that I just had to work at implementing yep. of slowing down. Of Put it into practice. Literally, yeah, going through. I had a guy that I was working with that was trying to make some changes and he, he just wasn't doing it. And he goes, God, the craziest thing happened last week. I'd started eating dinner. I was only about five or 10 minutes into it and my partner called. And so I had to take the call and we were talking about something and it took about 10 minutes and he goes, I came back to eat and he goes, I, I wasn't that hungry. I was mm-hmm. already kind of full yep. and I didn't eat everything on the plate. I just had a handful of bites and then I stopped and I'm like, there you go. Yep. Sometimes life will teach you and force you into the same principle. And yep. if we can get a little information and just start problem solving, yeah. it's it can get surprisingly it can get surprisingly corrective in a in a way that's just faster than you can imagine. Totally. Because you feel like you're so far from it and then bam, you're just in the middle of God, this is great. This is easy. And you go, no, you've been working on it for a while. Yeah, you don't you realize the movement. <laughs> Yeah, you don't realize how close you are. Totally. I feel like that also kind of, this is sort of like a gear shift, but I feel like that idea of like building up these practices and then finally it clicks into place really kind of relates to a topic that we talk about a lot, which is coping mechanisms. And we've kind of been, you know, dancing on this topic this whole conversation, but I would love to get your feedback on, in general, coping mechanisms that have or haven't worked for you, for your patients, like over the past couple of years, and why some of them are more effective than others. Yeah. God, that's, I was literally talking with somebody maybe two or three weeks ago. I was going through something personally that I've had a number of clients go through, and I tend to go through some of the same coping skills and how do you manage those really distressing moments? Yeah. And it was funny. I was laughing. I was just going, okay, I am damn sure not going <laughs> to tell people to do this because it didn't work. <laughs> this is and you go, okay. Crap. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. And I'm like, okay, you just got to remember not all things are going to work for all of us all of the time. Right. So, the most important thing is that you've got options. Like, because you and I talked about how much that physical movement is important for us. It's not important for everybody. It doesn't have to be important yeah, for you. It's not everyone's cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. And so if movement's it, okay, well, what do you do when movement's not working? 
huh, yeah. I didn't think about that until it wasn't working. Same, though. <laughs> and you go, no, you need, yeah, you need to add some variety before this doesn't work. Right. And so I love meditation. Mm-hmm. I love the breathing. I've got a couple of apps that are go-tos for me. Um, I also love reading. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, and then being physically active is huge. And then talking to that small circle of people that I have helpful conversations with. And whether that circle is buddies you've known all your life or your spouse or partner or a counselor or a rabbi or a pastor or a priest, I don't care who it is, Mm -hmm. but your inner circle. Yeah. If the only voice you hear is that one in your head, eh, that's, you're going to need more. Right. Um, you're going to need more voices sometimes. Yeah. And so um, for me, it's I, I the breathing and the settling and that mindfulness, man, that is that that's something that I've really tweaked for my own personal style and life. I don't do it every day. Yeah. I do it every week. Because that just settles, okay, what is it I value most? And for me, that's how I do mindfulness is I do a little bit of reading, just quiet and thoughtful. Sometimes I've got a short playlist of stuff that just, they're messages that really resonate for me with what's most important and valuable in life. And usually when we are really distressed, really anxious, really worried, we have gotten away from, okay, what's really important to me? And okay, if I lose this job or house or relationship, you go, okay, is that really the defining thing for me? Or is it my health? Is it my talents and gifts? Is it this relationship with this person that's already said, I don't care where we live or how we get to and from places. I love doing life with you. And you go, okay. Well, that that helps mm-hmm. to fight those moments to go, wow, okay. And so for me, that's what those mindful, meditative, prayerful times are of, of really slowing down to go. There's so much noise and information that I need to just, what is my intention right. for the day? And it, it makes it sound like I do that every day. <laughs> every day. Definitely don't. I'm like, instant, <laughs> like, as soon as I had said intention for the day, I'm like, mm, you idiot. You're sounding like, I'm like, no, I don't. But those days where I'm really struggling or having a hard time, yeah. I really stay anchored to it. And then on the good days, I try to stay anchored to that same thing again. Right. And not forget to take your medicine, basically, when you're having a good yes. day. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that breathing, that belly breathing of meditation, that is a game changer. Yeah, it really is. It's an absolute, it's just a game changer. Um, And then being physically active. Right. Knowing what part is user error, like I didn't get a lot of sleep Mm -hmm. or I've just gotten mindful of those coping things that I know, okay, why did I struggle so much today? Or you go, okay, well, you drained your physical energy and I didn't plan well, and I made some, I chose to do some things that probably led this to being a really difficult day. Yep. 
Well, we've got that, and then we've got Does the, that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. the the user error, like you were just saying, and then sometimes it's circumstantial. Like, oh, the world's in a global pandemic, and there's World War Three on the precipice, and you know all this other stuff going on that's causing stress. So I think the context, like you're bringing up, is really important to remember. Like, oh, did I have a really crappy night of sleep, and I'm just having an off day, or is there something yeah. big going on in the world or in my life, which also brings me to another one of your lessons that I've really appreciated, that sometimes it really isn't you. It's not user error. It's the way that our brains are built versus the world around us. Can you elucidate? Because you are so good with this lesson, and it has helped me so much, and I feel like people listening are going to really jive with this. Oh, yeah. Our brains were not built for this world. Mm -hmm. They're just simply not. And we are so behind in managing and protecting our minds. You know, they talk about there's this notion of the knowledge doubling curve, and it goes way back. Um, And a guy who studied it in like the 1900s, it was like, you know, it takes about 100 years for everything we know to double. And you go, okay, well, here, three, four years ago, IBM said, with all that the internet is doing, our information is going to double in weeks wow, and months, not wow. hundred years. Yeah. And you just go, we have this information overload. And, and at our most basic, these bodies of ours are built to keep us alive and to nurture, yep. right? So mm-hmm. that fight and flight and rest and digest. Yeah. That's, those are the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Now we should be resting and digesting more, more than we're fighting and fleeing. Yeah. Right. Because that's what that's we can only eat. And that's all our nervous system. Right. Because it's eating. It's being present in this conversation or out to lunch with somebody. Yeah. It's not being at lunch and worrying about a deadline at the office, right. not rest and digest. You're you're not going to eat much food. Yep. You'll pick at it. And why? Because your body's in that fear mode. Yeah, We're trying to combine that's those two all- phases, these separate can't do yeah. it. Can't do it. <laughs> no. I mean, it, it's absolutely a wreck. And so we've got, it's not just social media. Right. It's media. It's information. And you go, okay, are you being mindful of how much information you're consuming? No. Because, <laughs> no, absolutely not, not at all. Yeah. Because the world has always been a scary place. Um it's a scary place now because of some of the things that humans are doing to other humans. Yeah. But you go back a hundred years ago, it was a scary place because people died left and right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't want to go to a hospital. They were dying faster in hospital, but you, you go because of infections and plagues. Yep. And I mean, the world is a very scary place. We didn't live that long. Right. You get sick or you get an injury, heaven help you if you have a, need a root canal. Oh, my gosh. I mean. Gross. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Infection city. Can you ima- I mean, if, <laughs> if you've ever had a tooth that abscessed, I had one, I oh. broke a crown, or I broke a tooth, I had to get a crown. I, I had to have a root canal. I am not kidding you, Dominic. That, that tooth hurts so bad. I'm like, I will sell my firstborn. Oh my I will sell all my children if you can get rid <laughs> Goodbye of Goodbye forever, pain. kids. <laughs> it was, I mean, just, sorry, guys. I get, Dad, how come? Because you, you just can't believe how bad this tooth is. Like blinding pain. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is, it is horrible. And I thought later, after the blinding pain was gone, yeah. I was like, man, 
what would you have done a hundred years ago with this? Yeah, I think about this a lot now because I watched Outlander recently. So I'm like, the 1700s. Oh, right, <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so you go, the world was a scary place back then, but you didn't really know it. Yeah. Because you just knew what was in your little community that you could walk to yeah. and see and talk to. Oh, my God, that's so true. And it used to be we worried about the things in our little neighborhood and in our little city. Immediate. But now we, yes, now we see and know about all the terrible things that humans do to other humans all over the world. There's so much knowledge, so much information. Oh, and, and a lot of it is really bad. Yeah. And you go, why do we know And are there so many shows about serial killers Mm -hmm. and not as many shows and biographies about these amazing men and women that have done things through the ages? Oh, my God. I say this all the time. I need less Anna Delvey, more Ted Lasso. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And you go. And so all of that people are drawn to or these sensationally crazy one-off human behaviors. Mm -hmm. And we start to think everybody needs to worry about it. And you go, no, everybody doesn't need to worry about it. And and it's not an equal threat for everybody. And we, and it's not too soon. And and you go, look, COVID is a great example. Yeah. I've said all along since day one, I don't want it. It's, it is a virus that for some people can be really deadly. For most people, is it? No. No, it is not. And that is a statistical statement. Yeah. It is not. Yeah. You realize you get so worried about you dying of COVID and you go, you have none of the risk factors. Right. What you're actually going to die from most likely is your depression, your anxiety, the stress of you. You don't have those risk factors. Right. Now, why are you isolating yourself? Because your quality of life is going to go down. Yeah. And, And you go... Okay, you're just worried about one little bug. Mm. And, and I talk about, and you can't even hardly do it. You go, okay, it most likely is not going to take your life. Right. What's going to take your life is heart disease or right. obesity. Yeah. In, the, in America, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's absolutely your quality of life and, the, and your longevity will absolutely be compromised by either of those illnesses. Right. And those, by the way, are still happening in record numbers while at the same time COVID deaths are continuing to go down. Right. And you go, why have we scared all of these children and high school students and even college students? And so now they're suffering psychologically. Yeah. Their mental health is suffering. We may have actually given them a lifelong disorder. Wow. And you go, that is a price we did not have to pay. We could have been more thoughtful with populations that are not as at risk to go, okay, well, we don't do this during severe. There are some severe flus. Not all flus are severe, but there are some severe illnesses. And you go, okay, well, let's be mindful of that. Mm -hmm. But we didn't do that. We scared everybody. Yeah. What I'm gathering a lot from this and what we were just talking about is that the context is really important. Like, yes, there are things that are scary. There are things that are threatening, but the context, like what you were talking about with 100 years ago, 200 years ago, like knowing the context of the threat, knowing the context of the stressor is really important in 
like shifting your perspective, right? And shifting how you view things, how you internalize and process. Well, yes. Yeah, and, and be impeccable with your words, right? Oh, yes. I love that. Yeah. Is it true that, hey, people, some of the people that get COVID die? Yes. Well, am I probably going to die? Nope. Yeah. I'm probably not going to die of COVID. Why? I personally don't have uh, any of the risk factors. Right. Am I likely to die? No, you're not likely to die. Yeah. Could I die from COVID? Yeah, I could, but I am not likely to. I'm not probably going to. Is it possible? Yeah, it's possible, but it's also possible I get Ebola. <laughs> it's also possible I get cancer. Yeah. It's also possible, in fact, more likely that I get killed on my drive home. Yeah, car accidents are what, number three uh, cause of death? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you go, well, in the adolescent and early young adult, you for sure are more likely to die in a car wreck or an accident wow. than COVID. God. And so you go, Now, that's just one example of information that you're not helping yourself. You go, hey, make your assessment, get a feel for that. Now go live. Yeah. Go live and stop allowing your mind to be overwhelmed. Because if you do, you're going to set off that fight or flight response and you're going to have a very small world. And it's hard to kick that off. Like that fight or flight, like once that's on, it's really hard to turn off, I feel like. It absolutely is. But when you start stepping away from it, you'll be amazed. And your phone, these phones. Oh, yeah. Hey, if you like, what did, where was I? And I was like, again, I got very angry at myself. And uh, yeah, so let me be clear. Yes, I do talk to myself and it's almost always (laughs) cussing. And in a very, like, if you can think of the worst high school coach in the world, you're like, that guy would lose his job. That's how I talk to me. That's my inner voice. Um, So, That's my my inner voice. My inner voice is like a horrible coach from the 50s that would never have a job. And so I was was going somewhere and I forgot my phone. I was like going up to like literally, it just was running to, oh, like pick up uh, burgers. My wife and I forgot. And I was like, dang it, I left my phone. It's literally, Dominique, it is. I'm not kidding you. It's maybe a three minute drive from my house. Okay. I could walk it and barely sweat. Okay. And so I got so mad at me <laughs> for leaving for, the phone. For the thought of, ooh, I got to go back and get my phone. What for? You ordered an effing burger. <laughs> You're going to get there and they're going to go, hey, hey, Mr. Kevin, here's your, here are your burgers. <laughs> we need 23 bucks. I'm like, do you have your wallet? Yes. Go and shut the F up. <laughs> but it was this notion that, ooh, so where's my phone? Where's my phone? Oh, my God. Oh, I'm telling you, it's like a 1950s gym coach, but I needed that because yeah. otherwise I'm like, oh, you better go get that phone. Why? Yeah. It's not oxygen. Right, right, right. It's not my life supply. No. Okay. Do something. You know what I mean? You're just like, stop it, man. Yeah. You don't need it. Disconnect, unplug, and see if you can build that. Yeah, work that muscle. Honestly, that's something yes. I've been really, really practicing, like leaving my phone 
when I go for walks, yep. leaving my phone in a different room when I'm with my family. And that, you know, a while ago seemed insane. And my whole family and friends used to make fun of me for how often I was on my phone when I was just like basically social networking yep. before social networking existed. Right, and now exactly. I'm, you know, I'm working this muscle. I think you know this already. I take weeks off of technology yep. sometimes. I'll take like a whole week yep. with no computer, no phone. And I have been really working this muscle. And you know it's working when you're the only one of your family in the room who doesn't have their phone on them and everyone is like scrolling through something. And I'm like, wait a minute, I was you. that person. So I get it. I get the addiction and do, it takes a while. <laughs> oh, if you do nothing else this year, you have to start doing that just a little because yep. it's amazing. And so I had, you know, I, I've got a podcast and yes. I was talking about this subject and I do not know why in the hell my wife listens to my podcast. I'm like... <laughs> What do you seriously not get tired of hearing me? My voice that you listen. What? <laughs> That's really sweet, I'm like, babe. Are you? It, it, I guess it is, but I'm like, babe, are you okay? I mean, why? Are you good? <laughs> I mean, so so I knew this. I, I hear it at different times, but we're sitting there watching a movie, and she goes, "Shouldn't you have your phone off?" And I'm like, "Oh," but she said it like, <laughs> "Don't you remember?" Yeah. And I'm like. Babe, I feel like you're quoting me again. She goes, I am. I was listening. And I'm like, Ted Gummit, we have a rule. You can't quote what I say. <laughs> Back to myself. And use it against me. <laughs> Don't use my words against me. <laughs> Don't use that against me. And so I'm like, wow, I actually so appreciate it. And so yeah. I was like, yeah, you know what? Set it down. Leave it in the kitchen. Don't. And, and when you do that a little Look to do something little that helps give you an objective measure of how are you doing in this area. Yep. And when you leave your phone somewhere or you're the only one sitting there not on your phone, yeah, it can actually be this, this wonderful insight into, ooh, okay, that's one of the areas I got to trim up Yep. because that's causing me some problems. Right. Would you say that practicing tech disconnection is a type of coping mechanism for the world we live in? Oh, it's absolute. It's okay. yes, absolutely. We have to step away from this constant connectedness. Yeah. I mean, I notice it and, and you go, you know, and I can make the excuse, well, I see patients and I have to be available. I'm like, yeah, but it's Saturday right. and I'm, I'm doing something with my wife or with my kids. You go, no, I don't need my phone in my pocket. Yeah. I don't need, I can leave it in the kitchen for an hour or two and come back to it. Yeah. Just a um, small period of time, I think, is so hard for people to get their head around. And I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. I was the same. No, I know. I know. Or take your smartwatch off. Yeah. I had to go, do that. Yeah. I, I don't, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, you I, do. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you go, that is kind of a wonderful little insight as well of going, wow, I've started to notice that a lot. Right. Because I'm, if my phone buzzes and it's in my pocket and I don't have my watch on, I'm like, no, I don't need to look at that right now. Totally. You know, it's, if it keeps buzzing for the next minute, then I'll be like, okay. Maybe it's an emergency. <laughs> Maybe it's an emergency. But you know, you go, but, but you, if you have to think about it, you go, no, I'll still know. Right. So looking for little things to go, okay, where is my stress coming from? Yeah. 
and and what am I doing to add to it? And I got to tell you, I I rarely turn the news on. Rarely. Oh my god, same. I took and it all I off my watch, phone. <laughs> oh yeah, I just don't. I don't. Yeah. And so. If I want to know about a subject, I'll go online. Right. And specifically and look for read, it. Read it. Yep. That's it. Because yep. I just, and if I do watch the news, it's almost always local, but I, I bet I haven't watched the news from start to finish in five years. Yep. It's so good for your brain. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I'm, you know, now I stay plugged into what's going on, but I. Right. You don't have your head in the sand. No, but I'm I'm going to step in, read it, and step back out because yeah. it's it's a boundary. It has an effect. Yeah, it just it absolutely starts to color the kind of people we are yeah. and how we talk Our about outlook. other people. And oh my goodness, yeah, it's sort of like if you know turning off your phone is medicine. Listening to the news feels like poison. Like feels like drugs. <laughs> yeah, and not the fun kind. I'm telling you, and you go okay. <laughs> Yeah, and then you just go, okay, imagine watching the news with some person sitting next to you in a little white lab coat and a little clipboard to write right. on. And then after you turn off, they're going to ask you just a couple of questions. Right. One, do you feel better now than you did before you started <laughs> watching the news? No. Right? <laughs> Is your mood improved or has it become more agitated or depressed? Yeah. And you go, no, no, step away. Right. Go do something else. Okay. This is good. So, I feel like we've covered a lot of coping mechanisms, and this is kind of giving me an idea for a part two, if you're interested, listeners. Maybe we'll okay. have another episode with our favorite therapist about identifying those sources of stress. Like, is it your phone? Is it the news? Like, where uh, are these big stressors in your life coming from? Maybe we could go over some, like, tips on uh, how to figure that out. Oh, is it your job? Is it your finances? Yeah. Is it your Relationships, kids? yeah. Is, oh, That'd be oh kind of cool. Gosh, yeah. Man. We, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's there's definitely a short list of usual subjects that you're like, oh, I can tell you. I can talk to you for five minutes and tell you what it is. Okay. Well, you let's know, do that. Oh, and then we'll have, so, you know, another okay. part two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Oh, this will be good. We'll have a well, we'll have a bonus content or like a bonus episode for our Patreon members and we'll go over identifying your biggest stressors. Ooh. Man, I'm telling you, if you do nothing else, figure out what your short list is. Okay. And then figure out the other side of the equation, which is where where's your happy place? Yeah. I mean, where where is it you get to that you're like, oh man, the world just is a wonderful place. Right. Where's you your know, medicine? Okay. <laughs> That's it, man. Yeah. Where's your medicine? Okay. It's out there. And I promise you it's in the world. It's out there. And you have helped me find that so much so often. And part of that is through your lessons on your podcast. Would you like to introduce our listeners to your show? Sure. It's the Struggle Well, Live Well, Worry Less. My fave. So, yeah, it's, um, and you know, it's very similar to yours of just going, hey, let's just have candid conversations about the worry and stress and anxiety of people that are enjoying life. Yep. It's not either or. Yeah. Sometimes it's we're banned. enjoying life and we're also having a really difficult time. Yeah. So, they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. I think that's a really big lesson. No, they're not. And and I'm as mad about that as you are. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to hear this, but it's actually oh, true. Gosh. But uh, yeah, we're, we're existing yeah. in the mess and in the joy at the same time. 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it's fine. Yep. This is fine. <laughs> yeah, it is. We're fine. It's okay. We're Nothing's fine. broken. Um, Dr. G, thank yeah. you so much. This was just oh. the most joyful conversation. You are the first recording session, first guest here in the studio in San Diego. Well, technically, you're calling in from Texas. Seriously, Love are it. we the most unlikely friendship of like a man yes. in Texas, a psychologist, clinical yes. psychologist, yes. and this random girl out in California <laughs> with a golden it retriever. Health and wellness guru <laughs> out you. on the beach that gets to play with her dog in the surf. I'm like, <laughs> and then COVID, and I'm like, never met. We've never, never met in person. Met. We've just talked and a I, lot. <laughs> yes. I feel like I know you really well. Yeah. So at one of these, one of these days, I'll have to be in studio. Oh my so. gosh. Yeah. Please come visit us. Stella, my dog would be so thrilled to meet a dog lover oh. like you. So uh, Love I think your we, dog. <laughs> so we got to play on this. Um, but thank you again. That's so great. Just so honored to have you on the show. So grateful for oh. all of your words of wisdom and your lessons. Do you have any parting words for anyone listening who is uh, just telling themselves this is fine going through the mess? Yeah, man, it's. Oh, God, just keep it simple. I, I mean, when you're going through something, whether it's COVID or a health issue or a relationship issue, there is a lot of wisdom in just win the day. Just focus on today. I want to make it through a little bit better than I did yesterday. And when we can string a couple of days together like that, it's shocking how much easier life gets. It just does. So keep fighting. Keep working. You're just looking at solving a problem. Yeah. That's all we're doing. Little by little. It's just that problem is close. Yes. Yeah. Stay after and the, it. It's worth it. The bar it. is on the floor. <laughs> yes, it is. Lower the bar. It absolutely <laughs> is. Lower it until you get some movement and then raise that thing. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> I love what you're doing. I so appreciate it. And it's just been wonderful being a part of it. Thank you so much. And we will talk very soon. Awesome. Take care. And a big thanks to all of you on Patreon. If you are interested in supporting our podcast financially, head to patreon.com slash thisisfinepodcast. And if you just want to support us in general, hit the subscribe button. You know how it goes. Smash the subscribe button. Like, comment, subscribe. If you could leave us a review, five stars, if you think we earned it, that would be so helpful and we are so appreciative. Thanks for joining us for what is, for legal reasons, not a therapy session today on this episode of This Is Fine. I hope you learned a ton, you feel validated, all that good stuff. Come back here next week for a series we're calling Trauma Hour, which is like happy hour, but where we unpack our traumas and then we use humor as a coping mechanism. We love coping mechanisms. You're going to love it, I swear. We'll see you then. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of This Is Fine. I've been your host, Dominique Michelle Astorino. We're based in San Diego, recording in studio at DLI Productions in Pacific Beach with Emmy Award-winning sound designer Dan De La Isla. This is a comedy and advice podcast, but for legal reasons, this entire podcast is a joke and none of it is medical advice. To download the transcript or learn more, visit thisisfinepodcast.com.